One, two. Swing and a fly ball left center. Well struck. Hap back. Warning track. Gone for Shaw. A two-strike home run make it 3-0 Brewers. Brewers fans have time today. Let's get into this. Let's spend some time arguing about Craig Council and bullpenning and feeling out a game and preserving a starting pitcher. We have time. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. Shut out by the Brewers today, seven to nothing. Ah, you hate to see it. You, you, I mean, you really do. You, you feel for all those Cubs fans that were so composed and so filled with perspective, and they were such good sports after last night's game. You just, you hate to see that happen to such a respected and an honorable fan base. Ah, it hurts. Ah, dang. Ah, day's been ruined. Poor, ah, poor Cubs, seven to nothing. Hate to see it. Corbin Burns is fantastic today. The offense was able to score seven runs without a single hit from Keston Hero, which blows my mind given the injuries they're dealing with. lot to be excited about with the Brewers at the current moment. A lot to uh, discuss, a lot to chew on, a lot to break down, and that's why we're here. It's what we do every single day. It's the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and I hope you enjoyed that game. I love afternoon baseball. Because my job during the day, even when I'm here in the studio in the quote-unquote office, my job is to just kind of watch the game when I work. I can't imagine having a job that doesn't include watching the Brewers when they're on during the day. Like, what people who are actual working professionals and people who have actual jobs, what do they do when the Brewers play during the middle of the day? Do you just check the score later? No, no, no. It would never work for me. I'd have to quit, put my two weeks in, take two weeks off, and then quit. A lot to get to, and I want to welcome your opinion as well. So you can reach out, 608-796-2558 on the talk and text line. Wisco Grant on Twitter as well. I hope that after the last 10 minutes, the angry Cubs fans don't come for me. I'm sorry. I had to do it. I promise I'm done, and I'm not going to attack the Cubs anymore. So if the caller who is waiting on the phone right now, I'm about to bring him in. If you're an angry Cubs fan, I'm sorry. I, I gave you a trigger warning before I started, and I apologize. I promise. I promise that we're moving on. Welcome to the show. Hey, Grant, how's it going, man? This is Nick from Lacrosse. Nick, nice to hear from you. You're not an angry Cubs fan, it sounds like. I'm doing well on, on account of that. Yeah, that's good. No, no, no. I'm actually going to cut a little bit. Of, I don't know if you're a pro wrestling fan. I'm going to cut a little bit of a babyface promo real quick. Uh-huh. You're a talented dude. I appreciate what you do. And I think you're going to be moving on soon because you do possess the talent to move to a larger market. But I'm going to appreciate you while you're here. Uh, and I just want to say I'm, I'm so pleased with this Brewers team. I've been watching them for a long time. I don't remember the last time I can say definitively that their pitching staff was their strength. It's always yeah. been a weakness, and I think that's a good mixture. Uh, their, their bats are going to come around, and I'm just I'm fired up about this season, man. Fans in the crowd, there's a whole new energy. That's all I got. I'm just fired up about the Brewers and looking forward to summer. Uh, have a good one, man. Nick, you as well. You're too kind. I, I agree with you. I, I don't know if it's because we didn't really have a baseball season last week. I talked to a coworker about this today where I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm shaking. I was watching the start of the game, and I'm shaking in the studio because I wanted this win so bad today. It, it felt like a rivalry game. It felt like a must win. It was a must win. I would have declared it a must win had we have a show before this game. 
I don't know if it's because we didn't have a game last or season last year, really, or if this team is just different. I, I don't know. Let's keep going to the phones. We got another call. 608-796-2558. Welcome to the show. Hi, it's Brenda. Hi, Brenda. How are you? Hi. Good, good. So I'm so glad they won today. And for those of us working professionals that work during the day and just got <laughs> off here at five, yeah. we have it pinned on our phone and alerts us when anything goes on. Excellent. Excellent. That's the way to go. Excellent. And the other thing I want to tell you is I heard you the other day on the Joan Ebo show, and you were an Arcea fan. I was a big Arcea fan also. So I am with you on that. I understand the trade, but it disappoints me and saddens me because I miss his love of the game and his smile. And like I told Ebo, he has a really nice tush, too. Yeah. I miss that also. Baseball, that's an important component for the baseball players. When when they they wear the tight baseball pants, you got to be well built from the belt down. I'm talking about the backside, not the not yeah, not the not the front side. I, I appreciate another <laughs> yeah. I appreciate another Arcia fan. We're gonna start Arcia Arcia's Anonymous, something like that, a support group for the rest uh, yeah, of us. I mean, I'm glad the other shortstop is working out and he's finally getting his bat going, and you know he's he's at least coming along and that makes me happy but i do miss arcia because he just used to tell he loved the game he was like a little boy out there playing and he just loved playing and you could tell that and that was contagious and he had a just a contagious smile like when he smiled he just lit up the room you know brenda where have so, you where have you been that. my entire life and especially the last couple of weeks i agree yeah. with everything you're saying you were you were preaching to the choir i do listen to you on my way home i listen to or the the Evo show, the the above the what is it, cross line now or whatever it is over the line. Yeah, over the line. I do listen to that, and I hear you call in because I'm usually driving in about seven to eight around there. So I hear your call. You call in quite a bit. So I thought I'd call and say I too was an RCA fan, and I do miss him too. <sighs> Brenda, thank you so much for calling in and sharing this with me. This made my night. No problem. So don't don't let Evo get on you about RCA. <laughs> I won't. Tell tell him I said tell him I said to back off. I will. I will tell him that the instant I take a commercial break, I'm texting him and telling him that I have someone on my side. <laughs> no problem. You have a good day. Yeah, you too, Brenda. Thank you. I continue to tell Ebo off. Like Craig Council said a couple weeks ago, I will continue that resistance. I will continue that resistance. Yes. I See, there. Are, I'm not alone in my love for Orlando Arcia. There are dozens of us. Dozens. To quote Tobias Funke from... Arrested development. I will continue that resistance with you. I will continue that resistance. And I will give Luis Urias some credit. Well, I, I make it sound like it's begrudging. I don't hate Luis Urias. I, I want nothing more than to see him perform. When he hit that home run last night, I was thrilled, tickled, so tickled that I texted my friend and frequent contributor to this program, David Gasper, and I said, You son of a gun. And he responded, you, No, you son of a gun. You buy stock in Luis Urias before it's too late, man. And then we laughed. And then we enjoyed, like, the next two innings before Wilson Contreras stole that game away last night. But it was a nice moment between me and Gasper. We needed that. Our, our relationship over Orlando Arcia is sometimes strained. Not the only one that was an Orlando Arcia fan. There are, there are dozens, dozens of us. Me and Brenda, we're starting an, an anonymous group. Orlando Arcia Anonymous. Arcia's Anonymous. Appreciate the calls. 608-796-2558. You can text as well. You can tweet at Wisco Grant as we've got a couple of tweets throughout the show as well. I mean, Corbin Burns remains the story today. I, that's what I like about this show is we like the story today is Corbin Burns and Travis Shaw had a couple home runs. And what are we doing? We're talking about Luis Urias and Travis Shaw. And then we're talking like we find a way to talk about everything, the interesting things, the side details, and not just the big story, but we would re- be remiss 
if we didn't really dig in and talk about what happened with Corbin Burns today. The first pitcher now since 1906 to have three starts, 30 strikeouts, no walks. Corbin Burns has allowed one earned run this year. He is now hit in two. I don't know if you heard his uh, his RBI today, but he had a two RBI single. Justin Steele set to go again. The pitch. Swing and a line drive. Base hit to center. Two runs are going to score. The throw coming on and safe at home is a sliding Billy McKinney. <laughs> well, he was looking for one. He got two on a line single to center after a couple of 3-2 pitches. One foul. He lines one to center. And the Brewers up their lead now to 7 nothing. First of all, I'm going to make a conscious effort to bring a little bit more Bob Euchre to the show. All of our stations are Brewers Radio Network affiliates, so we can legally do so, which is pretty rare. Most sports shows can't do that. So until that changes, I'm going to make an effort to get a little Bob Euchre on the show every single day. But you hear some of those names. Yes, Corbin Burns, who now has more RBIs than runs allowed this year. And Travis Shaw was great today. But then you hear like, oh, Billy McKinney. Okay. And Daniel Robertson. Because the Brewers are without a couple of their biggest bats. They're all injured. And I got to think as a Cubs fan, once again, I'm not, I, I don't mean to do this. I'm not trying to poke at Cubs fans today, right? I'm not trying to be a poor sport. I want to celebrate the Brewers. And if you're a Cubs fan and you listen to the show, I'm not trying to turn you away because it's fun to talk about, you know, the Packers, the Badgers, the Brewers, the Bucks, the Cubs. It's, I, I don't want anyone to feel excluded, even though this is a Wisconsin show. But it's got to sting even more knowing that you just lost to a Brewers team that was without Yelich without Lorenzo Cain, without Colton Wong, and Keston Hira, their supposed kid who can hit, he didn't have a hit today. And they were able to hang seven through, you know, in part Luis Urias and Billy McKinney and Robertson. and It's like being beaten by Brad Davison. I mean, Roy Williams is so ticked about it, he had to retire. Maybe, maybe David Ross will retire after today. Who knows? Brett's on the talking text line. Brett, what's going on? What's up, Grant? How's it going, sir? Excellent. I'm celebrating this win. I needed this win. I, I woke up today like yeah. it was the day of a Packers playoff game. That's how I felt. Nice. Well, listen, I, I heard uh, you just got done talking to basically your perfect match. So hopefully you got Brenda's number. Yeah. Where she is. Well, I think My I can. Goodness. I, I you think guys I can, can go... just have dinner and, and talk about <laughs> <laughs> talk about your favorite Brewers players the whole time. Do you think Arcia will come to our wedding? Oh my God! He'd probably listen. He'd probably uh, you could talk him into to officiating. That would be oh, you talk about true love. the The person who brought us together, bringing us together, yeah. and bonding us for all of eternity but, till death do us part. Well, you could, or listen, Euchre would be the guy. Mm-hmm. It's the voice. You got to have the voice do it for you. And you know he'd have like an amazing like checkered blazer or something to wear too. He's got some dope. Oh, right. Attire. Well, and the. The problem is, is, is you would probably have to have like Usinger sausages in the background of your own wedding because they're going to have to get theirs in there. So it's just not a wedding crazy. without them. Need them. Mm. Yeah, Mm-mm. yeah. The perfect Miller Park wedding. Oh my Usinger god! Usinger sausages. American Family <laughs> Field. Brett, come on. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so uh, I believe. We haven't lost a series since the last time you and I talked. No, sir. Um, I, I also believe our starting pitching has only given up two runs total since the last time we talked. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also seems that a minor league deal for Travis Shaw seems to be amazing. 
Yeah. <laughs> Baseball's awesome that way. But, yeah, let's just let's sign him on a minor league deal knowing he's going to be our starting third baseman. And guess what? He's going to give us the most production batting this year so far. And he's been tremendous on defense, too, as they shuffle around a lot of this infield, yeah. right? Because Wong's out, and they're figuring out with Hira and Vogelback what they want to do. To have that anchor point defensively, I, I'm i just beside myself with Travis Shaw, man. It's so yeah. cool. This is such a great I story. always. I always liked him, and I didn't. I didn't like the fact that he went somewhere else. And I don't remember whether they traded him or whether he just decided to leave and they didn't renew any contract or whatever. But either way, I was not happy that he left. Um, but it, it was it was amazing news to hear he's coming back. And I'm like, there's no way he's only going to be a minor league deal when we have no other third baseman. The mayor of Ding so Dong City could not be out. kept in the minors. We all know that. Yeah. No way. No, so this is working out perfectly. So I am enjoying it, um, especially since our big bats aren't even hitting yet. Yeah. So whenever they start, that'd be great. That's what's nuts. So the Brewers are off tomorrow, Brett. What are you going to do with your spare time? No Packers, no Brewers. Brad Davison show tomorrow. I think we're going to do two hours on Brad Davison coming back. Oh, that should be riveting. Are you just going to stand there and take the take the charge from people uh, that call in, or what are you doing? Well done. I, I don't know. I think in the next twenty four hours, we got to try to get Greg Gard and uh, and maybe like Matt LePay. Like we should go all out and like I'll make imaging. I'll make like really intense sound effects. Like we should just do the Brad Davison show tomorrow. Welcoming. Oh him back. shoot! I thought I thought you were talking about like actually trying to get Greg Gard on the show. Oh yeah, and I was like, that's what well. I'm that's you're what I'm not, saying. You're not, you're not Dave Carney, so I don't know if it's possible. I don't have the booking power. I'll go through Zach Heilprint. I'll hit him up tonight and, and see if he can pull some strings. Have Bill Michaels make the call. <laughs> yeah. And then make him think that, that he's talking to Bill, but really Bill dropped off the line and it's you. Oh, and that, you're that like, oh, amazing. yeah, by the way, Bill, Bill told me I get to do this interview. So sorry, Greg. Yeah. Or maybe we'll just get his brother who coaches at Platteville. We'll go for the next best thing. The, the, tomorrow. Hey, the... Good enough. There's there's some great coaches that come from Platteville. There are. Pl- Platteville is a so... is a hotbed of athletic achievement. No, I agree with you, Brett. Absolutely. Right. I, it's not the WE Act, but you know, it's it's close. It's it's not UWL, but it's close. Brett, I gotta let you go, yeah. man. I gotta take a break. Okay. <laughs> have a good night. You as well. Yeah, we're gonna. What did we just talk about? We're gonna. I'm gonna have a wedding with a caller, who. She's probably never going to call in again because the first time she calls in, we have people suggesting that we're going to get married. Although, if I am getting married, it's going to be a brewers theme wedding. Orlando R.C. is going to officiate. Bob Euchre is going to be my best man. And the only things that are going to be served are Cedar Crest ice cream, using her sausage, and uh, pretzel of soft pretzel buns. Mm-mm-mm. It's just not a brewer's wedding without him. Show's gone off the rails, but I think in a good way. I appreciate your calls and texts. 608-796-2558. Burns was nuts today. He gave up a hit here and there, but who cares? But because for every one mistake he might make, he's going to turn around and make 10 amazing pitches in a row. It's just so hard to get anything going against him because even if you get one hit or one walk, it doesn't go anywhere. And I am so impressed today, as Brett mentioned, the Brewers were able to score seven runs without Yelich, without Kane, without Hira doing a whole lot of anything, without Colton Wong. This team has got a lot to figure out yet. Something I want to talk about coming up at 530. They have some discovery, some learning to do. And I'm going to quote National Treasure to, to really hammer that point home, which is my favorite movie ever, so I'm jacked about that. Let's hear from Council and Brandon, Brandon Woodruff, the Southerner, coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
Pico Sports Show rolling on. Talking Brewers, but we are going to get to NBA just a tiny, teeny little bit at 550. Uh, Fred, I want to mention this. Adrian Wojnarowski just retweeted this article, and I have notifications on for Woj, so it came across my feed. Here's the headline. NBA GMs and team health officials fear the compressed schedule is leading to a rash of injuries, and the player health has reached a boiling point. I wonder, I wonder where they got that from. Do you think it's the three dozen superstar players that are all injured right now? I wonder. Interesting. Talk more about that at 550. Of course that's happening. Everybody's hurt. Nobody's playing. Nobody. Nobody. <sighs> Monty texts in, by the way, 608-796-2558. Says, Grant, you need a Sargento cheese fountain to dip that Wonder sausage in. That, without any context, that sounds disgusting. But seeing I know what you're talking about, Monty, it is uh, delicious. I would love a Sargento cheese thing. Uh, the, Brenda texts in. Oh, great. I, I hate this. Brenda says, uh, already married, way too old for you. Oh, she's 49. Well, you don't sound a day over 26, Brenda. But otherwise, it would have been game on. Okay. okay. All right. Enough t- enough texts and tweets for today, I think. I think we... I, let's hear from Craig Council. Let's hear from some, cool, some cooler heads. We talked a little bit about the Contreras thing back at 5.50 or 4.50, right before the, the top of the hour. And I said, look, if you're a Cubs fan, I'm going to be salty for 10 minutes, then I'll be done. I want to continue to talk about what happened last night, but I'm not going to be salty about it. So if you missed that part of the show and you want to hear me be really disrespectful to the Cubs, find it in the podcast. I'm not going to redo it because I don't know. Not everybody's a Brewers fan. I don't want to alienate people who aren't. I know I'm kind of I'm kind of being a pushover. I'm I'm fearing cancel culture really is what it comes down to. But yeah, check check it on the podcast. I feel very strongly about it, but I don't really want to make it the focus of the show and derail things. I thought we could listen to Council and Woodruff and some cooler heads about what happened last night. First, Brandon Woodruff. I do want to say I love how Brandon Woodruff handled that. He gets thrown behind, and he doesn't really react. He just turns and looks at the pitcher, and he goes, that's effed up, man. Effed up. Stares him down. I'm like, I love Brandon Woodruff. Here is Woody reflecting on his reaction to being thrown at last night. That's the highlight. Never mind, Brandon Woodruff. Credit to my parents, I was raised right. So I guess I was a little hot at first, but, you know, reacting's not going to solve anything. So it just go back out and pitch and, and, and get them out and let that do the talking. So, you know, I've never been thrown out before. So it's <laughs> crazy. You know, it's just, that's just part of the rivalry. You know, I, I get it. Tensions get a little hot, but it, it is what it is. So I love how a baseball game can be played and there can be a disagreement, a little, a little kerfuffle or even a fight where the bench is clear. And then after the game, they're all like, man, that's, that's just part of the rivalry. That's just good-natured fun. We see them screaming at each other out on the diamond. And then the post-game presser is always so relaxed. I love Brandon Woodruff. I would go to war for Brandon Woodruff. If I was drafted to fight in World War I and I was in the trenches, I would want Brandon Woodruff next to me. If I was, I, I, a friend made this joke to me today. If I was working in a coal mine in the 1800s and it collapsed, I would want Brandon Woodruff next to me. Cool head, relaxed. Not overreacting to anything, and he credits that to his parents because he was uh, raised right. Credit to my parents, I was raised right, so I guess. <laughs> I, I love Brandon Woodruff. There's nothing else to say. On the topic of pitching inside, however, Woodruff said they're not going to stop. Obviously, uh, you kind of saw what happened. There's not much to say on the situation. It's just I'm over it. It's I guess I understand. I mean, our pitching staff has you know, hit him a couple times. I'm just trying to do my job as a pitcher, and I, I feel like I have to pitch inside, and there was no intent, and, you know, wasn't on purpose. So it is what it is, just, just part of it. Scouting report on Wilson Contreras is, well, he can't hit inside. And if you're a Cubs fan, you watch, you know that. 
Brewers fans, I think we know that by now. I, I actually went and dug for the data today. Fan graphs, you can look at the heat map of of the strike zone and which areas hitters are more successful with power and with batting average and with contact and slugging percentage and OBP and all this stuff. He just doesn't do very well when pitchers come inside. So to combat that, right, he'll line up a little bit closer to the plate. So you really force pitchers to thread the needle, and if they can't do it, they'll hit you on the arm, which is fine. All right. But when you get hit in the elbow, a la Ricky Weeks, you can't charge the mound. That's, no, that ain't how that works. And you certainly can't throw behind Brandon Woodruff. That is, um... You don't do that. I'm, I'm all for bat flips. I'm all for having fun, but you don't throw it at aces. Something you don't do. You don't throw it at starting pitchers in general. You just don't. Recurring theme from the postgame last night, going to keep pitching inside. Craig Council kind of echoes the sentiment of his, of his ace pitcher. Yeah, he, look, he's been hit three times, so he gets hit a lot. I think that's, you know, I think it's the nature of how you have to pitch him and what he covers. We're trying to go inside there, and we're just we're kind of missing spots a little bit. Um, he is on the plate, so there's a little less room for air in there is what I'd say, but we're going to continue to pitch inside. We have to be able to do that. Got to be able to pitch inside. It's an advantage over some of these hitters. You want to look to exploit that advantage. That's a scouting report. That's what you got to do. By the way, thank you. That audio courtesy of Zach Heil. With this Wisconsin Sports Zone Network update, I'm Zach Heil Print. I'm looking forward to the email that hopefully hits my inbox in the next couple of hours with some Brewers postgame audio from today. It's the most exciting part of my day is when I get emails from Zach with postgame audio. It sounds like I'm being sarcastic. That's kind of my personality, Zach. I mean it genuinely. When my phone buzzes late at night after a Brewer game, I just can't wait to dig in and hear all of the tidbits from the postgame presser. One day, maybe I'll be a credentialed reporter like Zach. But for the time being, no need. Zach does such a good job giving me these sound bites, and I always appreciate having them for the show. Craig Council saying we're not going to stop pitching inside. Brandon Woodruff said, look, it's not a big deal. We'll keep pitching inside. Always seems to be a recurring theme from Council's postgame pressers, where he's like, look, I know this seems like a big deal. I know you guys are freaking out, but it's not. <laughs> it doesn't matter the topic. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. Council will be like, I know you guys think this is a huge deal, but trust me, it's, it's not. And typically, Craig Council turns out to be right. I was right. Yeah, I was right. Exactly. Continue that resistance against the haters in the media and in the fan base. I will continue that resistance. I will continue that resistance. And I will continue to miss Orlando Arcia. I don't care what anybody says, especially Ebo. He will not bully me off my love for Orlando Arcia. David Gasper, at least, is a little analytical about it, Ebo. You got to show me some evidence. Luis Urias, what what do we make of this guy? He had a home run last night. Showed some serious pop, by the way. I, I thought he skied that ball. I, I thought he got under it and hit a pop fly. He took that deep to left. Today, Luis Urias, no hits, but he was only retired once. He had three walks. Now, I'm about to do some on-air research, which is, I'm not going to say it's bad radio. I think it's accurate radio. I want to I know exactly uh, the numbers. I don't want to talk out of my talk out of my butt. Luis Urias has to be near the top of the league in walks. He's got to be up there, right? He got three. Like, if he's not being retired, he is going deep into counts. He is, I mean, he's just a tough dude to retire. Let's see here. Yeah, he's first in the majors. He's got 12 walks. The next closest is Mike Trout. Max Muncy's up there. Robbie Grossman, who I, I did not know who that was. I almost read Rex Grossman there. Yasmani Grandal, our old friend. Uh, is up there with nine, but Luis Urias with three walks today is leading the major leagues at 12. He's just a tough out, which say what you want about Orlando Arcia. He was a lot of things, a lot of things that I like. A tough out was not one of them, right? Like he might get you for a double, might get you for a home run, uh, but, but there was also a good chance that he was going to make an out quickly in short order. 
very aggressive, swinging at everything. He was always down for a strikeout here and there. Luis Urias seems to be a little bit more complete of a hitter. He might not be the wild card that Orlando RC was. He might not be the, the roller coaster of fun that RC was, but he seems to be a, possibly a more complete player. Okay, I'll admit it. Fine. I'm not a hater. I want to see him do well. And he's he's proven himself a little bit more every day. Good game last night with that home run, and then today just finding a way to get it done, just getting on base, taking his walks, leading the majors right now. In front of Mike Trout, MVP, Luis Urias, maybe. Who's to say? I'm not, but it seems like he might be the MVP. Let's take a break. I want to share with you an idea about the number two and why I think it actually might be the most important number in sports, even more important than number one. That's a pretty good tease, actually. You got to wait to see what we're going to talk about next. More of the Wisco Sports Show after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Oh my gosh! I mean, we're we're thinking in our like, I'm I'm thinking. Can I just throw 97 with a fastball? He's throwing 97, 98 mile an hour cutters, and it's just like, I mean, he's a, he's on a whole different level right now, and it, it is really really fun to watch. Pride of River Falls, Wisconsin. J.P. Fireisen talking about Corbin Burns, who was nuts today. Just unhinged, but routine. Three routine starts for Corbin Burns. One earned run through three starts. Two RBIs now. He's knocked in more runs than he's given up. Which puts him what if we're if we're speaking in plus minus terms? Corbin Burns as a pitcher is plus one on the season, which is nuts. Making history, the first pitcher to go three starts, 30 strikeouts, no walks since 1906. I'm not a history teacher, but that seems significant. It's the Wisco Sports Show, and my name is Grant Bills. I appreciate the caller interaction today with Brenda and Nick and Brett. Appreciate you all. Texts from Monty and Billy. Billy, you son of a gun. I appreciate you texting in and chiming in on the uh, Woodruff Contreras fiasco. Uh, And by fiasco, I'm assuming you mean... The situation in which Wilson Contreras intentionally takes pitches off the arm and then was a whiny little B-word about it and threw it an ace, even though that's, like, really something you don't do. Like, you can throw at a position player. You don't admit to it like he did, like an idiot, after the game. But you can throw at a position player. That's unwritten rules. Brewers aren't going to retaliate because they were too focused on winning 7 to nothing today. But you don't throw at an ace, man. Crosses a line. It's like slaying an entire family when they think they're safe at a wedding taking a shelter in where, where was the red wedding in game of thrones sorry spoiler alert if you've never seen it although it's been out for like how many years uh where they're in not river run where do the uh he's filch from harry potter where do they live there's a name for it the fjord the Vale. my game of thrones geography is a little bit shaky all is fair in love and war all is fair in baseball except for throwing at aces and except killing entire families at weddings those two things are out of bounds and they went there cubs went there not cool. Appreciate the text. 608-796-2558. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. You get involved with the show that way as well. And an idea earlier today uh, about how to talk about the Brewers, the pitching, and the offense. We're really going to tie it all together with this next segment. And I was thinking about the number two. The number two might be the most important number in all of sports. Some may argue more important than number one. I mean, think about it. We've done this with the Bucks for years, right? Like, Who's the number two behind Giannis? Is Chris Middleton a real number two? Or with the Packers, right? Who's the number two wide receiver behind Devontae Adams? 
Sure, they have Devontae Adams, but they don't have a number two to back him up. Number two, number two. It's not about number two. Right, and we're talking about, like, hierarchical, hierarchical ranking of number two, not number two, the, the BM, the bowel movement. I mean, like, the ranking of number two. And I have an important question about the Brewers. Who is the number two reliever right now behind Josh Hader? And behind Christian Yelich, assuming everybody's healthy, who is the number two hitter? I think these are questions that at some point Craig Council is going to need to be able to answer. And that's what the regular season is for. There's 162 of these games for a reason. Managers get to know their pitching staff. They get to know their players. They get a feel for things. And by the end of the season, you know, okay, my best reliever is Josh Hader, but my second best reliever is so-and-so. My best hitter is Christian Yelich, but if I can't have Yelich at the plate, then I want this guy. Then I want so-and-so. I think it's an interesting thought experiment to think of who is second best offensively and pitching-wise. Now, let's say uh, with the bullpen. Let's start there. I think this is a thought experiment that Brewers fans should do all the time. When you're watching a game, you should just do this thought experiment. It's very interesting. Let's say, use today as an example. Brandon Woodruff is pitching, or I guess he went last night. Brandon Woodruff is pitching, and he just made it through the fifth inning. All right, so we're over commercial break. Mentally, I'm going to think, okay, if I was Craig Council right now, and I had to get to the ninth inning, how would I do it? I got to get get four more innings? I got to get the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth? Three outs in each, that's 12 total outs. How do I get those 12 outs? How am I building a bridge to get to the end of the game? Am I bringing Woodruff back out for the sixth? Okay, if I do, let's assume he makes it through cleanly. Then what am I doing? Who has the seventh? Who has the eighth? Who has the ninth? Is anyone pitching more than one inning? What's my plan if Woodruff runs into trouble in the sixth inning? Then who's coming in to relieve him? It's a good mental exercise to do when you're watching Brewer games, especially if the Brewers have a lead. So, so you, start to, you start to build this roadmap. Right, okay, Brewers are up two to one. We're in the sixth inning. Okay, we got to get the seventh, eighth, and the ninth. That's nine outs. How do we get those nine outs? I think Suter and then Boxberger and then and then Hader. Right, you mentally start to make a game plan in your head, and I think it's an interesting thought experiment. And and you can learn a lot about your team by just doing these mental exercises during the game because that's what Craig Council's doing during the game, and he's doing it constantly. He's creating a roadmap to get from wherever the the Brewers may be in the third inning or the fifth or the sixth or the seventh. He's always mentally creating a roadmap from that point to the final out of the game, out number 27, especially when his team is leading. That's the job of a manager. Create a roadmap and then tweak and adjust throughout the game if need be. Let's talk about the bullpen. Hater's number one. Hater's your closer. So take the ninth inning out of the equation. Let's say your starter goes six, as Corbin Burns did today. Well, assuming Hater has the ninth, who's coming out for the seventh? Who's coming out for the eighth? Or is it some combination, both innings, of, of one pitcher? Right, And then we have to ask the question, well, if Hader's our best reliever, who's our second best reliever? Who do we still trust to go out there and, and get to Josh Hader? Now, I think it's probably Brad Boxberger at the moment, but that's not enough. They're going to need another elite arm. Devin Williams, hopefully at some point, returns to his form that we saw last year or returns to just a really, really good pitcher. Even if he's not everything we saw last year, he still has the potential to be really, really good. He's working through some things right now. So we hope he gets back to that spot. But we thought maybe Yardley, he doesn't have it to start the year. They sent him down. Rasmussen, who really hasn't had it so far. That hasn't planned out. Yesterday, I thought Suter. I was listening to the game doing some work in my apartment, and it's the fifth inning, and I start thinking, okay. Okay, Brewers are leading. Josh Hader is going to get the ninth inning. What reliever do I trust most next? And I didn't think Brad Boxberger was available. They ended up bringing him in last night. He was pretty good. My my mind went to Brett Suter. It's like, well... I know what I'm getting with Brent Suter, right? His ceiling might not be as high as Devin Williams or Rasmussen 
but I know what I'm getting. And sometimes I would rather go with the devil that I know than the devil I don't. So last night I was like, all right, Brent Suter might be the number two guy right now in the scope of tonight's game. And then they went with Brent Suter and it went poorly. Ends up giving the home run to Contreras, as they say on Marquee. So it's not Brent Suter. It's not Rasmussen at the moment. They sent Yardley down. What about Perdomo? Like, I think it could be Perdomo. He showed some pretty good stuff the other night. Now, he's got to get used to pitching in high-leverage situations, but give the Brewers credit and give Craig Council credit. They've always done a really good job of bringing up prospects and throwing them right into the fire. I mean, that's how Corbin Burns cut his teeth in 2018. So maybe Perdomo is that guy by the end of the year. Hopefully, Devin Williams gets better, gets back to form. Seems like they have something in Boxberger. Box guy, box man. But you start to build, mentally, you start to build a hierarchy. It's a good thought experiment. If you're watching a Brewer game and you, you got nothing going on, in the fifth inning, just mentally say, okay, if I was the manager, how would I go about this? Which pitcher would I go to next and then next and then next? How am I getting to Josh Hader? How am I getting from the sixth inning to the ninth or the fifth to the eighth? Mentally, it's a good exercise because it helps you keep a running tally of which relievers you trust most and which you know make you a little nervous. Now, offensively, I think we all agree that Christian Yelich is probably the number one offensive option. But then who? And it's especially tough to do this this moment with all the injuries. At some point, I'd like to answer Keston Hira. <laughs> like, at some point, I'd like to be able to say Devin Williams again. But I just, I don't know with that guy. He just hasn't really shown the ability to get it going to start the year. So we haven't reached that point yet. I want to go on the record and saying, I, I'm concerned about Keston Hira, by the way. I'm concerned that he ever gets it going. I don't know. I keep, I keep getting told that he can hit. The man can hit. The man can hit. I need to start seeing the man hit pretty soon. Pretty darn soon. I need to see it. So let's throw Keston here out. Right now, they're without Lorenzo Cain. No Wong. Is it Travis Shaw? Travis Shaw was really good today. He had two more RBIs. He had a home run and uh, was it a double? Travis Shaw was really good. Omar Narvaez has been really, really good. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's sustainable. I, I, I don't know. Jackie Bradley Jr.'s had a couple big hits the last few nights. Maybe he plays into that Mr. Clutch role. I don't know. Avi Garcia has been pretty darn good. He had a couple hits today. Luis Urias, I, I, know, I want to see some more of him. I'm now excited to turn on a Brewer game and see what Luis Urias is up to. I think they have a few options. None are amazing, but none are terrible. I think Travis Shaw right now probably has to be your answer. If you had every option on the Brewer's bench to choose from, excluding Christian Yelich, I think you'd probably want to reach for Travis Shaw if he was an option, right now at least. He's just so zen. He's just dialed in at the plate. He's come up big in some big spots. Now, these questions, who's the second-best reliever, Who's the second best hitter? They aren't answered in the first week of the season. And that's okay. They're not supposed to be answered in the first week of the season. That's what the regular season is for, especially with the bullpen. And good managers know that, right? Let's say you bring in a reliever and you give up a lead. Happened with Brent Suter yesterday. It happened with the Twins with Randy Dobnak, the mustache, too. Even in a loss, even in a game where your bullpen surrenders the lead and you end up losing, a good manager takes away something from that experience. A good manager is always learning. Right? It's very Thomas Edison. Learn a bunch of ways to not make a light bulb. That's why I pulled this sound clip from my favorite movie ever, laid out beautifully by Nicolas Cage, who is Ben Gates in National Treasure. You know, Thomas Edison tried and failed nearly 2,000 times to develop the carbonized cotton thread filament for the incandescent light bulb. Edison. And when asked about it, he said, I didn't fail. I found out 2,000 ways how not to make a light bulb, but you only need to find one way. To make it work. First of all, Nicholas Nicholas Cage's best role ever, hands down. It's not close. One of the best movies ever filmed. My my favorite movie ever. When asked about all of his failed attempts to create the carbon filament incandescent light bulb, 
I don't know if I butchered that. Sorry, engineers. Thomas Edison said, I didn't fail. I found 2,000 ways to not make a light bulb, but you only need to find one way that works. When Craig Council in the postgame last night was asked about Brent Suter and his failure to hold on to that lead, Craig Council said, I didn't fail. The Brewers did not fail. Well, kind of. They lost, but you get my point. We simply learned, okay, maybe we don't go to Brent Suter against the Cubs in a one-run game. Like, I was wrong, too. I found myself last night thinking, I think at some point tonight, I'm trusting Brent Suter. I'm trusting him over... Jeez, Rasmussen or one of these other unknowns in the bullpen at this point. That's because I'll trust Suter because I'll take the devil that I know over the devil I don't. Maybe we learned last night. Maybe sometimes it's better to go with the devil that you, you don't know. A manager should always be learning. When his team is losing and giving up leads or they're running into issues, that manager needs to take that, learn from it, and improve. And that way you're, you're accumulating more knowledge. Really, the, the regular season is one big experiment where you're watching Numbers and statistics play out and evolve in real time. That's why baseball is so amazing for analytics. Not that football and and basketball aren't, but baseball can be broken down to really just an atomic level, and you watch it play out over such a huge sample size, and managers need to be able to tap into that and say, okay, last 30 days, what did we learn about our bullpen? And we'll adjust the way that we manage our bullpen moving forward. Good managers do that. Bad managers do not. Bad managers lose a game and they say crap and then they don't take away anything from it and they lose again in the same fashion the next week, which is why some managers can manage a bullpen, some can't. You're always learning. For the final 10 minutes of the show, I want to talk about the NBA. The Bucks are winning, although who cares? They're up 130-105. Great. I, you could have canceled this game. It would have been no skin off my back. Wouldn't have cared. I'm frustrated with the NBA right now, and we'll talk about that when we wrap up the Wisco Sports Show next this is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and today has been a whirlwind. Uh, the shows that immediately follow a Brewer game, they're always interesting because I, I we're going off the cuff a little bit more because normally the Brewers play the night before. I watch the game. I write down some thoughts, start to come up with some ideas, and then the next morning, dig into it. I get the show all written out, bing, bang, boom. And then, like, on a day like today, the Brewers game wrapped up at 3.40. We're on the air at 4.10. Got to get the thoughts together. Got to be young and spry. So I appreciate you just kind of flying by the seat of your pants with me. Appreciate all the calls today. It was a lot of fun. 608-796-2558. Still time if you would like to text. Wisco Grant on Twitter if you would still like to tweet. I feel like we'd be remiss if we spent a two-solid-hour show on the Brewers, although they won today 7 to nothing. Corbin Burns is making history. It's great. It's awesome. It's fun to talk about. Going to talk about the Bucks a little bit. They just beat the Wolves 130-105. to If you gave me a list of NBA games that were played by my team, the Bucks, that I don't remember, this game would be at the top of the list. I will forget about this game by next Monday. I don't care. I don't care at all. Giannis didn't play. Carl Anthony Towns didn't play. Malik Beasley didn't play. D'Angelo Russell's coming off the bench, which is news to me as a D'Angelo Russell fantasy owner, which speaks to my terrible management of my fantasy basketball team. Nobody's playing. Everybody's hurt right now. And we talked about this yesterday. The NBA at the moment is the worst. This is maybe the worst NBA season that I've ever lived through. I shared a headline from Woj. 
of ESPN a couple of minutes ago. This is like a half hour ago. The headline, NBA GMs and team health officials fear that the compressed schedule is leading to a rash of injuries and the player health is reaching a boiling point. You think, oh my God, what Big J journalist came to that conclusion? Oh, I can't, re- can't wait to read that study. I'm sure it's groundbreaking. Nobody's playing. I come home and I want to throw on league pass and it's like, oh, Sixers Nets are playing. Oh, Katie's out, Kyrie's out. Oh, Embiid is resting. Seth Curry's hurt. What are, we, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? This NBA season is the worst. And a lot of people rip on the NBA at the moment for stinking, rightfully so, but they use all the wrong reasons, which is something that NBA fans and Craig Council haters have in common. Like, everybody rips on Craig Council for all the wrong reasons. Same with the NBA. It's like, well, it's all super teams. Ah, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's the case. Like, there are some super teams. The Nets are a, are a super team, but the Nets built that super team by building financial flexibility to absorb Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And then they traded a haul of amazing young players, well, some young players, to get James Harden and a lot of picks. That doesn't just happen because three players are like, hey, let's go play in Brooklyn, yo. Let's head over to the coast and play. It's not, it's not that simple. The Sixers are very, very, what's the word, homegrown? That's a draft and develop team. The Heat, by and large, are the same way. The Bucks, by and large, are the same way. Or they're players that have been acquired through trades and then re-signed to contracts. Homegrown, maybe not to the extent of some other teams, but, right, the Nuggets, homegrown team. I know they just traded for Aaron Gordon, but trades are legal. Like, they are, they're okay. That doesn't ruin the product. Jazz, homegrown, by and large. It's not all super teams. There's plenty of parity. I was arguing with a coworker yesterday. I think the NBA could expand tomorrow, and it'd be in great shape. There's a lot of talent. There's too much talent. The NBA's problem is a compressed schedule. And then the resulting injuries and the injury prevention strategies that stem from that compressed schedule. Talked about this yesterday. This, this data is two years, or not two years old. It's two days old. So, I mean, the data would be even worse if I refreshed this to today. Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant sat out a combined 59 games as of Wednesday or as of Tuesday, Tuesday morning. The Nets' big three have only appeared in seven games together. LeBron, KD, AD, Steph Curry, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Embiid, Giannis have all missed a bunch of games. LaMelo Ball, the supposed rookie of the year and the league pass darling, got hurt, missed time. The Bucks wolves game today was a sham. Nobody's going to play in the Nets' 76ers game tonight. It sucks. And as Dave DeFore mentioned, and I played this clip yesterday, I'm going to play it again. He joined the show back in early February, and he said, this is the asterisk season, not last this year. This season is so weird that nothing feels like it's together, right? Just no, there's no story. There, uh, from night to night, the cast of characters are different. The, just, you, you, the lineup volatility. Mm-hmm. Because of the health and safety protocols, because of the shortened season, because of how many players are coming back from injuries. I mean, think about how many guys wound up missing so much time. I mean, Kevin Durant, you know, <laughs> missed so much time because of his he, having an injury the previous season. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you look at the myriad of, of reasons why this season is odd, it just feels a bit surreal. And it doesn't help that we're all kind of going through this, you know, weird time in life as it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just I was just expressing kind of uh, my take on how hard it has been to create analysis for this season and what's happening, because it is weird. Like this to me is the asterisk season, not in the bubble. The bubble was like ideal conditions. The bubble is what 
the league should be shooting for. Like, that's the kind of basketball that they should want to display every single night when you see these guys, how fresh they were, uh, you know, without the travel and, and how just amped the energy was from those guys. So I think that, if anything, the asterisk is on this season, yeah. and it applies to more than just the championship. I think the season itself is just so weird. I really don't know if I have any big takeaways right now. This is the asterisk season. That cuts deep. That stinks. This season is a mess. Everybody's hurt, and the players who aren't hurt are resting games to try to avoid getting hurt. It's the worst. I hate it. Bucks wolves today. That game is at the top of Bucks games that I will never remember. They won by 25. Who cares? Who cares? It's just forgettable. It's just they need to get through the season. They need to get to the playoffs. They need to wrap this up and give the players three or four months off because they didn't have a real off season. They didn't really have an all-star break. You made them test and, and go play in an all-star game that, like, I like the all-star game, but it, it would have been okay to sacrifice the all-star game for the sake of player health, for the health of the rest of the season. And it now you can tell that it really desperately needs it. Really, really needs it. Players need to rest. So, Nets Sixers tonight, which would be an amazing game, both for seeding and for just showcasing two of the league's best teams, but nobody's going to play. Everybody's hurt, so. Great. I don't know what I'm going to do tonight with no Bucks, no Brewers, and no great NBA game to watch. I did find this on Twitter, though. Kendrick Lamar's damn dropped four years ago today, so maybe I'll just have a drink or two and listen to damn because it's awesome, and he needs to drop another album. Please, God, soon. America's we've been going downhill ever since damn dropped. Like, I look back at, at 2017, I'm like, I want to go back there. It's just been all downhill since Kendrick dropped a project. So maybe if Kendrick would get in the studio, please give us something, man. World will turn itself around. I'm going to go home, watch some injured NBA game, and listen to the last Kendrick album to try to feel some sense of happiness. The, the Brad Davison show tomorrow. Buckle up, get a good night's sleep, because it's, it's going to be rowdy. Same time, same place tomorrow on the Wisco Sports Show. I'll talk to you then.